When you trust in God and put on this spiritual armor, you are safe in God's care. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Our topic today is No One Can Put a Curse on You. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Today we're talking about a pretty heavy-duty topic. It's about whether or not Someone can put a curse on you. I have met people who believed that they had been cursed. And I know there are people in the world who think that they can put a curse on someone and teach others to do the same. Later in this episode, I'm going to share a couple of experiences when someone thought they were putting a curse on me. And I'll share how I prayed about it. Sometimes I've even heard people who call themselves Christians cursing a person, an organization, a church, or a country that they disagree with politically or theologically. This whole idea of putting a curse on someone, have you ever heard anything further from what Jesus would do? And yet these so-called Christians pray for their enemies to be cursed with defeat and sometimes even death. Do they not know Jesus taught us to do the exact opposite in the Sermon on the Mount? This is in Matthew 5, 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So let's look at the answer to the question, can someone put a curse on you? Well, the answer is sort of a yes. What I mean by that is that they think that that's what they can do. But this so-called curse in and of itself is absolutely harmless unless we are afraid of it or we believe it has power over us. And this comes out in the book of Proverbs, which promises us, this is Proverbs 26, verse 2, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. I'm going to read that again. An undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. I think a curse does more harm to the person who utters it than on the intended victim. Why? Well, because it makes their heart bitter, cold, and cruel. That's a heavy burden to carry around. 
The desire to harm others is not a healthy state of mind, and it will eventually come back upon the perpetrator. A friend of mine said it this way one time, a curse can't go any further than the nose of the person uttering it. Why is this true? Well, I think the 91st Psalm gives us the answer. It shows us that God is always protecting us from every form of evil when we put our trust in God. I'll just read a few of the verses from Psalm 91, but I really encourage you to read the whole psalm. There's so much comfort in Psalm 91. I'll read verses 1, 4, 5, and 9 through 11. As I read these verses, think about how they apply to protecting us when there's a curse. This is from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. So, if you think someone is cursing you, you can rest under the feathers of the Most High. And of course, that's a metaphor. God doesn't literally have feathers and wings. It represents how close God's love and protection are to us. Just picture yourself as a baby bird in a nest under the feathers of your mother. A mother bird will do everything to protect her babies. God is like that, but more so. I love this story of Balak and Balaam in the book of Numbers. Balak sees the vast hordes of the children of Israel, and he feels threatened. He's afraid for his safety and for his geographical territory. And there's actually a clue as to why a person might think they want to curse someone. It's because they're afraid, or maybe they're jealous, or they want to be in control of everything in their little world. And the remedy for all this is love. That's exactly why Jesus said, as I've already mentioned, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Well, Balak tries repeatedly to get Balaam to curse the Israelites, and he uses every method of persuasiveness that he can think of. But Balaam refuses to curse them because he knows God has blessed them. A curse would be pointless, and Even if Balaam had cursed the children of Israel, they would not have been cursed in God's eyes. For me, this is an example of the promise we've already seen in Proverbs, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. Now, there's a lot more to the story of Balak and Balaam, and it gets pretty interesting, including a talking donkey And if you want to read the whole thing, you can find it in chapters 22 and 23 of Numbers. The point of the story is that Balak was trying to curse the Israelites, but it had no effect because God had blessed them. And that's our protection, too. 
God has blessed us. When we trust and obey God, we are protected, and the undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. Does that mean there is ever a curse that is deserved? Of course not. It's interesting, though, some people feel God has cursed them because they were disobedient to God. There are many times in the Bible when disobedience to God's commandments brings devastation, disease, defeat in battle, and even death. And if we have sinned or disobeyed God and refuse to repent, we may feel the discomfort of God's light destroying the darkness. Especially if we hold on to the darkness, it may seem our world is coming to an end. But it's only the darkness that comes to an end. It's only the darkness that is cursed by God and destroyed by God. God still loves us and brings the light to us. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that there have been a couple of times in my life when someone tried to put a curse on me. They actually came out and said they were cursing me. Many years ago, when I was living in Boston, one night at our Wednesday evening church service, I talked to a man afterwards whom I had never seen there before. We got into an intense conversation very quickly. He wanted me to sign a couple of large, hand-lettered documents. One of them set out his beliefs about God and the universe and how things worked. The other one talked about all the ways he planned to save the world with his ideas. Some of the things he said were generic enough, like loving your neighbor and being good to people, but there were some things that were a long way from what Jesus said, and some of his ideas for saving the planet, well, they sounded kind of naive to me, like printing a bunch of bumper stickers with catchy slogans. I told him I didn't agree with all his propositions. He became furious. I'm not making this up. I promise. This is what he said. I am King Bing Bang Walla Walla Blue Jay. You must sign these documents. I said no. That made him even madder. He threatened me. He tried to sweet talk me. He tried everything he could think of. I kept saying no, and I did not respond to his threats. We were still in the church, and I had started the conversation hoping to share some ideas from the Bible I thought might be helpful to him, but I had long since realized I needed to get him out of the church as quickly as possible. But I had to be really careful because it was clear he was much stronger than I was, and he was starting to get aggressive. Finally, he pushed me hard in the chest. It knocked me off balance, and he challenged me to fight and said, What are you, a man or a mouse? I said in my best church mouse voice, I guess I'm a mouse. He didn't know how to respond to that. It sort of took the aggressiveness out of him. It made me think of the Bible verse, a soft answer turns away wrath. And he couldn't hit me, although he had been ready to. I kept telling him it was time to go. He was very upset, and that's putting it mildly, that I had not signed his documents and recognized his authority. As I was ushering him out of the building, he started cursing me and saying that I would become blind because I didn't see who he was or the value of what he was doing. 
the vehemence with which he delivered his curse was really quite intimidating, and I must say it shut me up a little bit. While he left muttering and sputtering, I left very prayerfully. I was so grateful for God's protection during that conversation. I prayed to bless this man, and eventually I had a feeling of love and forgiveness for him. I also prayed to know and was assured that this man's curse was powerless and could have no effect whatsoever on me. And that was certainly the case. I did not become blind. Several years later, a fellow and I were having a conversation which turned into a heavy-duty theological disagreement. The guy started shouting, saying that I was going to hell because I didn't agree with him 100% on what he thought the Bible said. Then he took on the air of what seemed like his version of a prophet calling down thunderbolts from heaven on me. He pronounced all kinds of curses that would come on me within the next 10 days. I don't really remember everything he said, but he was so vehement and spoke with absolute conviction. I didn't respond in the way he had treated me, but I spoke calmly and I didn't react. I think he ended the conversation by stomping off. He was full of fury, self-righteousness, not to mention his condemnation of me. You know, it took me a few minutes to catch my breath. I knew in theory that the curse he pronounced on me was powerless because it had not come from God, but I was kind of shaken up. I prayed earnestly to feel God's presence. And even for the sake of argument, let's say I was wrong with my theology. I don't think God would punish me the way this man prophesied and hoped for. But God would bring his light to me so I could see things more clearly. In 1 Timothy 2.4, it says that God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Just as with the first guy, I had to forgive this man and ask God to bless him with a sense of love. I prayed earnestly the next ten days not to be afraid of what the guy had said or of his hatred toward me, and as it turned out, none of his predictions came true. His curse was powerless. I was so grateful for God's love and protection, and for the realization that this so-called curse this man put on me was absolutely powerless. If this sort of thing ever happens to you, There is no need to be afraid. It's a time to be grateful for God's love and protection. You are safe under the wings and feathers of the Almighty, as Psalm 91 so poetically promises us. But you do need to pray. Pray to bless whoever thinks they want to curse you. Pray to love and forgive them. No one can put a curse on you. I love the time early in Jesus' ministry when he ruffled a few self-righteous theological feathers in his local synagogue in Nazareth. This is in Luke 4, 28-30. The people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. The animosity the people felt toward Jesus could not touch him. That's true for you and me as well. 
When this sort of thing happens, it's really helpful to remember Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? You are safe in God's care. No one can put a curse on you. And it goes without saying that we should never curse anyone just because they did us harm or we strongly disagree with them. But, as I said, sometimes Christians end up cursing people. They may not think that's what they're doing, but they are. They're really only hurting themselves. The book of James kind of calls this out on people. James is referring to the tongue as a metaphor for the words that come out of our mouth. He says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. That is true. This is not right. There are some Christians who need to take these verses to heart. We should never curse anyone because we disagree with them or they've done us harm. We need to pray for them and bless them, as Jesus has told us. Now, just to take a little aside here, saying that no one can put a curse on you does not mean you will not face challenges or resistance to your faith. Jesus knew this, and he forewarned his disciples. This is in John 15, 20. He says, Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. We may face this same persecution Jesus experienced, but it is just as harmless as someone cursing you. It cannot touch you because you are in God's protection. So let's talk about how to pray when it feels like someone is cursing you. Remember Jesus walking through the crowd? How could he do that? How could he be so peaceful? Well, he didn't react. He didn't fight back. He didn't try to argue with them about anything. And he didn't take it personally. He had rebuked some self-righteous tendencies in the attitudes of his listeners, and they reacted. On the surface, that's what was going on. But what was really going on was the carnal mind was rebelling against the presence and authority of God sending the Christ to save mankind. Paul uncovers the carnal mind as the real culprit in this situation and others like it when he says in Romans 8 verse 7, the carnal mind is enmity against God. It may look like the animosity was hurled at Jesus by attempting to hurl him over the cliff. It may look like the enmity of the carnal mind is focused on you when you take a stand for truth and someone thinks they can curse you. But the hatred or enmity and hostility of the carnal mind is actually aimed at God. The carnal mind does not have enmity toward God. The carnal mind is the enmity or hatred itself against God. But to no avail, evil cannot destroy good, darkness cannot destroy light, Satan cannot overcome God. So how do we pray about this? There's so many ways that you can pray about this. We've talked about the 91st Psalm. 
And I love this passage from Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 18. I'm going to read the whole thing. And as I do, think about how this applies to this whole idea of somebody trying to curse you, because it is powerless. Paul says, put on the full armor of God. And by the way, this is from the New International Version of the Bible. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Paul is pointing out that the enemy is not a person trying to curse you. The enemy is the evil forces, the carnal mind. Verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And here we come to the prayer. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I love this last verse, which encourages us to pray, not just for ourselves, but for all the people of God, to be protected. When you trust in God and put on this spiritual armor, you are safe in God's care. And no one can put a curse on you. Thank you so much for listening today. Last week, we started our special prayer project, 22 Ways to Pray with the Mindset of Jesus in 2022. This is week two. And the Bible verses this week are John 5, verses 19 and 30. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son referring to himself, can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. I can do nothing on my own. As you're praying this week, imbibe this mindset of Jesus that realizes you can't do anything by yourself. Even Jesus realized that, and he was Jesus. Well, We know that in theory, but let's take that deeper into our daily lives and our practice this week. We can't do anything without God's help. Everything we do, whether we're conscious of it or not, is because God empowers us. Then Jesus says he can only do what he sees the Father doing. What can you see God doing? What does that empower you to do? If something is possible to God, then as his image and likeness, It becomes possible to you. You're reflecting God's ability. You're not the source of the ability, but you can reflect all that God is doing. For example, 
God is the creator of the universe. Can you see that creative power that he has? Then you can bring that sense of creativity to any kind of project you're working on and have fresh ideas, new insights. Can you see God as loving everyone? Then you'll be able to love everyone as well. And then Jesus says, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Whatever you see God doing, you can bear witness to that and experience that same activity in your own life. And then he sums it up by saying, I can do nothing on my own. If Jesus knew that was true, then that's a powerful aspect of his mindset because he completely depended on the Father to empower him and inspire him and motivate him and move him to do all that he did. So we can make that our model this week. If you would like to print out a complete list of the 22 ways to pray with the mindset of Jesus in 2022, go to last week's episode, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 117, and you'll see a link you can click to download the PDF And when you do that, just check your download folder. Again, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. If there's anyone you can think of to share this episode with, I would really appreciate it. It might be just what they need to hear. If you have any questions or comments about something on today's episode or anything about the Bible, I would love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and I'll be in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. That way you'll be on my email notification list and you'll never miss an episode. As always, in the show notes for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible references that I've mentioned today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 118. This is episode 118. I want to take a moment just to thank you for all the different ways that you've been supportive of me and the podcast in the two plus years that I've been producing this show. First off, the fact that you write me and let me know how something's been helpful, how you've put an idea into practice in your life. All those things that you're doing go out into the whole world and bless everyone. And of course, when you share it with someone, that's another wonderful way that you've supported the podcast. Some of you have made some very generous contributions financially to help cover the expenses of putting this podcast out every week. I am incredibly grateful for that as well. I have one special favor to ask you this week. And that is, if you have not yet left a review on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate that because what that does is it helps others find this podcast and know what it's all about, and they see how it's been helpful. So I would really appreciate it if you haven't already done so. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the Bible Speaks to You podcast and let people know how it's been helpful to you. That's it for today. Again, I want to thank you for listening. I'm so grateful for you being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.